I'm Kimberly Amici. Welcome to the Build Your Best Family podcast. This is a practical show to help you imagine, plan, and build your best family. We believe that the secret to having a happy family is not being perfect, but having purpose. Each week, I'll be here sharing with you lessons I've learned, conversations I've had that will equip you to create new habits, challenge mindsets, and build relationships that will allow your family to thrive. Do you remember your friendships when you were a kid? I had some relationships that were effortless and others that brought nothing but drama. I thought I was a good friend, but looking back now, I realized that I was just doing my best to fit in and not get left out. This is one of those areas that I so wish that I could go back in time and do all over again, knowing what I know now, but unfortunately I can't. Instead, I can teach my daughters and my son what they need to know about friendships, how to make them, how to keep them, and even how to let go of them. Today's guests, Amy Weatherly and Jess Johnston, are two women who met online, became good friends, and then went on to create an online community to help women develop authentic and lasting friendships. They are here to talk with me today about their new book, I'll Be There and Let's Make Friendship Bracelets. It was written for girls ages 8 through 12. It's the book they wish they had when they were young and trying to navigate the ups and downs of friendship. Jess and Amy to the podcast. I'm so excited to be talking to you guys today. Thank, Thank you, you for, for having us. <laughs> we always do that at the same time. We do every time. <laughs> all right. So a question that we ask all of our guests is what is your family known for? Who wants to go first? I think my family is probably known for being like the gathering house, like the the place everybody kind of congregates. And we like, we are known for doing well with a lot of mess and chaos. <laughs> like okay. kids are crayoning on the wall, like stuff spilling. It's no big deal. We were pretty chill about stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's good. Because if you weren't, I mean, that would be a nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> I think like, you know, in our family, my husband tends to be a little bit more sensitive to the chaos. And I'm just like, yes. especially moms, like, I feel like when I'm with my other moms, we don't even like see it or hear it. And yeah, we're just like, totally. it's all good. And then sometimes he'll be around and he's like, don't you realize what's going on? And I'm like, what? Nothing's happening. The house is still standing. Like, I'm not sure what I the problem figure, is. Like, like, besides maybe the house burning down, like anything can be fixed. Like yeah, wine on the carpet, drawing on the wall. We can paint it. It'll yeah. be fine. <laughs> yeah, and it'll be a good story later. Yeah, yeah. What about you, Amy? We're probably known for kind of the same thing. Just kind of have an open and door policy. Like I, all the neighborhood kids. Yes, you can come here, and they all know where the snacks are. And the snacks are the snacks overflow like wine. Not not wine with kids. That's terrible. <laughs> there's no wine. There's but there's snacks. There are lots of prepackaged snacks. Mm-hmm. And the kids know where they are and they know they are always welcome here. I don't know that I have ever turned a kid away who has wanted to play. And so if eight like I think last week there were like eight or nine kids unexpectedly just showed up and like, Yep, come on. I got you. Yeah. So what do you oh, like to do? That's, I love that because we're kind of like that here too. What do you like to do with your families? Like when you're together, like you're we, not together, but together. 
I, my kids are getting older now. So I have my oldest is a 15, I have 15, 13, 11, and nine. Mm-hmm. So we're really like in the sweet spot for adventuring together. Mm-hmm. Super fun. Like we, I mean, we've always loved to take little trips together, but um, especially now, like we, we've hit a few theme parks in the last few years, yeah. last few years and done long camping trips. And I love adventuring with my family. Yeah. What about you, Amy? I mean, I, we like pretty much anything together. We are, we are very, very close knit. So, I mean, we love just sitting on the couch together. During the pandemic, I started, cause you know, I was like scrambling with how to make things feel normal and like, this is fine. Kids, everything is fine. <laughs> Full of shut down, but don't <laughs> worry. It is, it's good. It's good. Normal. Um, I did, like family slumber parties in the living room. Oh, fun. Love that. Those stuck really well. So, I mean, that is one of my kids' favorite things to do to this day is we all just sleep on the couch, we sleep on the floor, but we all just kind of slumber party in the living room on, mm-hmm. you know, weekends when we can, or yeah. even sometimes during the week on a special day, we'll do it. So, yeah. stuff like but, that. We love to play golf too together. Oh, nice. So, I mean, I kind of just walk around, I'll hit like one <laughs> ball. And then I'm like, okay, I'm good. That was fun. <laughs> now I'll watch you have fun. I'll watch y'all do it. This is not my sport. Yeah. Well, all that matters is we, you're together. Yeah. We, we like recently just dis- we recently discovered bowling. I mean, obviously I've been bowling together before, but I just realized that it's like the best with these ages because my nine-year-old loves it. And then my 15 year old is obsessed with football and like behind the bowling lanes are just these big screens playing the game. (laughs) So I'm like, everybody's anywhere. Everybody's happy and having a good time is like a mom's dream. In my opinion, I just love watching my family have fun together. It's like my favorite thing. Yeah, me too. That is good. I have older kids and we're definitely, like you said, I love that expression, the sweet spot of, of the adventure part. We went on a vacation last year out West and we did ATV rides and we did horseback riding in Bryce Canyon. So fun. And we did all these things that I would never have, like when I couldn't do when the kids are little, you know, and right. it's just kind of like yep. leveled up the type of fun that we're having. You know, this past summer we did surfing lessons together and just like, it's, it is, I mean, every stage is amazing but I'm in the one right now where like we can do really fun things together. So I know I I'm like, this that. might be my favorite. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I love, I miss, I miss having babies like a lot, mm-hmm. but this is really fun. Yeah. This is really fun. Yeah, for sure. Okay. So you're here to talk to us about your second book on friendship. So I want us to back up a little bit because this is actually a continuation of your first book. Is that correct? Uh, it's, it's an, an adaption. Okay. Okay. And took the first book and just adapted it. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then you're, you're coming around this idea of friendship. So I do want to know what, what was the origin of that? And what was the need that you were seeing that you guys came together and decided you were going to create something that, that helped women in this area? I mean, Jess and I naturally would get on the phone together after we met and friendship was just something we talked about. I think that the time I was friendships at the time were actually really strong and really good. And I was really struggling in that arena. And, you know, we don't live anywhere close to each other. So it's kind of nice to have someone really far removed and really far on the outside to talk to. Yeah. Because you're not gossiping. You're not talking bad about anybody. You're not 
you know, spreading anything and you just got this wonderful outside opinion who can say, oh no, I see it this way, you know, Mm -hmm. but naturally talk about friendship and what was going on. And she would help me feel like I was not losing my mind and (laughs) like nothing was wrong with me. And I was okay. Cause that's how I felt at the time. And so we talk about friendship and then, you know, I'd write about friendship and every time I wrote about friendship, it, friendship or people pleasing or insecurity or just feeling awkward, like I don't belong. And it would, it just always hit home. And mm-hmm. so it didn't take long to realize like, okay, this is a nerve. This is a felt need. Yeah. Here. And so I kind of got this wild idea to just start a page strictly about friendship and it exploded. You know, Jess says that she knew that it would, it would be big. And I don't, I don't know that I did. I think I was more skeptical. (laughs) (laughs) We just realized like it's such a a core thing for both of us, like the connection and friendship and throughout our lives, it's been such a common thread. And I think for both of us, as we wrote, because we both had our own pages, as we wrote about friendship, we just recognized like, oh, this isn't just an us thing. Like this is a very deeply entrenched place in in most women. And Mm -hmm. I would go as far as far as to say every woman has struggled at some point in their life with friendship, but it's such a core need for all of us. And it's really not prioritized very much mm-hmm. in the way that we talk about it. We, prior, we prioritize a lot of careers and marriage and all these other things and going after our dreams. But I feel, I feel like the piece of you need to know how to bring solid friendships into your life that you do live with. And that piece was kind of missing. So we wanted to create something to address that. And then, yeah, it's just been, it's, it's been a fun adventure. Yeah. So then briefly tell me about your first book and then this adaptation that we're going to be talking about today, which is for young girls. So this book is just, as we wrote our, our Facebook page exploded to like 400,000 followers in just a few months and then on to a million. So we just realized that, okay, this is a huge core need. We need to make a book and we want to make it a very relatable. We've been there too. This is hard. Let's talk about it. And also a roadmap to connection. So it's specifically for women. Um, and it just addresses all like insecurity, how, how you make friendships from scratch. Like all these different things that we've struggled with. It wasn't hard to know what to write about because we're like, well, what's been hard for us? And then just talking about it and giving tools. So that that book was specifically for women. And then as we thought about what we wanted to do next, I mean, we wanted to have the book. We wanted to write the book that we wished we would have had when we were young girls. If we, Amy always says this, but if we could teach our girls before the really hard years hit, or even in the middle of the hard years at a young age and give them tools for friendship, how amazing would that be? Yeah, I feel like we have helped and what I've had to do myself, I've had to unlearn a lot. And Mm -hmm. I'm like, learning is pretty difficult. (laughs) It's fairly hard. You're going against, you know, I mean, I felt like for a while, I'm like, okay, you're going against 30 years of things that you believed. Unlearning cult and it takes a lot and what if we could just set these girls up so they didn't have to unlearn as much they just had a good foundation and yeah. they yeah. knew they were and knew what they wanted and knew what friendship was about from the very beginning and then maybe the unlearning process would be a little bit easier for them 
down the road. I think yeah. is kind of our goal with that. Mm-hmm. I've never thought about it that way about the unlearning part of it. We've done a handful of episodes on friendship with guests. And then also we do an episode where it's with me and other moms. And we've talked a lot about friendship, but I don't think we've ever talked about like unlearning. I don't think we've ever kind of realized, wow, there's a lot of things that we've learned, a lot of things that have become habits, a lot of assumptions that we've made that just, they aren't what we should be following for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I had to talk with one of my kids a couple nights ago and it was stuff I could see where he was learning and it's my son, but you know what? Boys struggle with friendship too. And he, we, he moved schools and he was telling me that he didn't feel like he had any friends, which as a parent, well, that Mm -hmm. right. (laughs) Yeah. Um, and we're kind of talking about, and he is quieter. He is less prone to put himself out there. And that was kind of, you know, the, the thing that we talked about it. And I was like, you know, babe, I don't know if you think that friendships are just magic. Like there's some kind of friendship fairy that is, is going around and just tapping people and then you become friends, but that's not how it happens. Like you do have to put yourself out there and you do have to, you do have to work at it a little bit. Mm -hmm. And and sometimes it's awkward and it might not always go the way you want, but that's the only way it happens. And so I could even see him, but nobody ever taught me that. Nobody ever told me that. Right. watch we kind of believed in friendship fairy tales from the start and it's it's nice for someone to come back and go no that's not how it works you have to be intentional and you do have to make it work you know like I guess there are a few cases where like your parents were best friends and then so you were in the same setting and you became best friends but for the most part you have to go through awkward conversations you have to like risk rejection you have to put yourself out there you have to to show up when you don't want to. You have to do those things to make a friendship work. There's no friendship fairy tale. There's no friendship fairy walking around just bopping people, making it happen. And yeah, I think there's so many things that we've had to unlearn that just nobody told us, you know? Nobody told us. No, I know. We like think that our kids are supposed to just figure it out. My daughter had a situation I guess she's, she's a senior in high school now, but she was in third grade and I had reached out to the other mom and I'm like, Hey, why don't we take the girls to lunch and let's just help them walk through this. And she's like, no, they'll figure it out. And I was like, what do you mean? They need help. This isn't intuitive. Managing the ups and downs of friendship, figuring out how to apologize or even be vulnerable. You know, I'm encouraging my oldest now when she gets into situations with friends to be like, it's okay to be vulnerable and be like, I really enjoy our friendship or I really miss you or, you know, be honest about how you feel. Don't just try to untangle the situation and figure out who's right and who's wrong. It's okay to be like, this makes me sad that we're not getting along right now. I mean, I think friends want to hear that from one another. Yeah, I think so too. And I think that's mm-hmm. even another one is that I like that you, who's right and who's wrong. Cause I think that's something that we have always believed is there is always a guilty, mm-hmm. innocent party. There is always like black, there's always white, there's always yeah. right and wrong. And yeah. most of the time, the truth is there is nothing but a muddled middle where there's yeah. there's your perspective and my perspective and your feelings and my feelings. And they are all some kind of tangled, tangled ball yeah. where we're both messed yep. up. Yeah. Both. And your insecurities and my insecurities and, and yeah. what we're used to experiencing and, and, and the message, the things fact, we've made up in our head. <laughs> like there's so much great we had there when we found that like, and obviously, sometimes there are things that are very clear, like, hey, this shouldn't have happened. This yeah. was not. A-. And that absolutely happens. But I feel like most of the time, it's just some kind of 
messy middle. And there's so much grace to be had there where we realize like we're all people and we Mm -hmm. are all struggling and we all have insecurities. I've never met a woman who wasn't insecure in at least one area. I never have. And I've met lots of women and I've talked to them, but we all, you know, I always say, I'm like, we all have our stuff. We've all got our stuff and we're bringing that to the table of a relationship. So of course, sometimes it gets a little muddled. Of course, sometimes it gets a little don't have to paint everybody. We don't have to paint the other person as the villain and as the hero. There can be grace that can be found there in the mm-hmm. middle. And mm-hmm. I think that yeah. I know as a kid, a lot of what I was told, instead of just being told like, hey, you might not be their favorite and that's fine. There's nothing wrong with you. That's fine. Mm-hmm. You know, like, oh, well, she's jealous of you. And immediately when you get told that as a kid, it becomes, oh, well, if someone likes me, then they're bad. If someone doesn't like me, then they're wrong. And we are like enemies instead of just being like, eh. yeah, just I'm not their flavor. I'm not their flavor. And that's, which is another thing we talk about in the book and just being like, that's fine. They're not, a, they might not be a terrible person. I'm not a terrible person. That's just how people work. Yeah. You know? And also releasing it. Cause sometimes I feel like we can get hyper-focused on that person. Like, okay, they don't like me. I need to now prove myself to them and get them to like me rather than just releasing it and being like, I'm not their flavor. Whose flavor am I? <laughs> and, and changing, changing directions. Like mm-hmm. I've, I've had to learn that as an adult because it's just so easy to be like, get your identity wrapped up in it and be like, okay, yeah. I'm hyper-focused on this, winning this one person over or this one group over when it's just so much healthier to release it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, okay, yeah. that's okay. Yeah, I, sh- I sh- you shouldn't change yourself to be loved and accepted by friends. Yeah. So, so look around. Who else? Who else is in the room? Yeah. yeah, yeah. And my kids are old enough for me to have seen that. Like maybe somebody that wasn't your flavor in elementary school is now your BFF your sophomore year of high school because you're now taking that really hard AP class together and you're fine. You actually have something to connect over, and so totally. Um, you never know when these friendships are going to come around. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you're, you're going to miss out on an opportunity for a friendship to come full circle. I mean, my best friend, we went to the same college. We had mutual friends. We didn't become close until after we graduated. You know, totally. so who who knows what friendship has for down the road for us? Yeah, yeah. I think that's mm-hmm. so, I just talked to a friend about this because I could tell him like, you can't, sometimes you can't hold a relationship so tight. You're going to squeeze it to death. You're mm-hmm. just, yeah. You know? That there are times where you kind of have to re- the relationship changes and maybe you're not quite as close as you once were but but there's yeah. it really happens it's just life mm-hmm. and I was like if you hold on to that too tight and you you try so hard to get to the bottom not that you can't have conversations tell them you're sad tell them you miss them tell them you love them yeah. do do but if you tr- if you don't let the relationship change naturally you are gonna suffocate it let it change yeah. and see if it back around because I know I've had friendships like that that like man they kind of went away and I was heartbroken but I just continued to love that person from afar and let it be yeah. what how they've come back into my life and it's it's wonderful you know yeah um, yeah there's just so much with with friendships and relationships in general and you know the way you handle each friendship is different and yeah. there's a right and a wrong so we tried in the book to bring it back to just like, these are general things that will help. And a lot of this is hopefully reminding girls at this age who are figuring things out 
to just appreciate themselves as they are, just just to know mm-hmm. who they are and know exactly what they bring to the table and to stand really solidly in that because yeah. that is so integral. It's really hard to know other people if you don't know yourself. Yeah. And it's really hard to love other people if you don't love yourself. And so I, I hope that in this book, we kind of stand on that and help girls realize that is mm-hmm. a good place to start. Yeah. So why do you think it's important to teach our daughter the importance of true, meaningful friendship when they're young? I mean, like, what's at stake if they don't learn these things? Gosh, I just think it's one of the, like I was saying, I just think it's one of the foundational things that we don't talk about enough. Who you have in your tribe, or maybe you're a tribe of two, it doesn't have to be a huge group of people, but Mm -hmm. um, doing life with people is just such a precious gift. And we don't have to be these, like an island on our own, just trying to figure out our destiny and where we're supposed to head. Like building meaningful friendships is just one of the most important life skills that we that we can get in my opinion Mm -hmm. I want them to have a full life and I feel like a full life will always involve friends and I don't want my girls to be hounded with this idea that the the whole goal is just to to meet somebody and get married and and that's it no it's to have a full life you yeah I don't know there's there's more there's friendship there's connection there's neighbors there's helping each other Mm -hmm. and give really work we were made for community. It is in our, it's in our DNA. It is in the way that we're built and the way we're wired. And we can't, I feel like our cultures tried really hard to get away from that and to prove that that's not true. And we are, I think we've been unhappy and angry because of that. Yeah. And I think friendships, I know we're, I know we're talking about teaching our daughters, but I know as I feel like as moms, having good friendships takes the pressure off our husband and our children to meet those relational needs that guess yeah. what? <laughs> like, don't always get met, you know, when you're busy and you're trying to raise them and you're trying to have a relationship. I mean, it, they just, I think it's just beneficial to your marriage and your family as well. Yeah. yeah agree. It is. I think yeah. it's a lot to say like, okay, you are, you're my husband and now you are my everything, man. That's a lot of pressure. Yeah. That's, a lot of pressure for them to be your everything. I don't sure. want. So it's nice to have friends and you can kind of yeah. spread them. And yeah. there's some my husband doesn't want to have, you know, he <laughs> album at all. No matter how much I try to make, he doesn't care. My mm-hmm. friends are that conversation. And even when your kids go through hard stuff, husbands see it in a different way. Yeah. Your friends do, and your friends know how to just really empathize with you and go, Oh my gosh, that breaks my heart. It is so sad. And, yeah. you know, and it's kind of nice when you have friends who really love you and care about you. They are naturally going to love your children too. And what a whole great extra yeah. layer the cake of other people who love my children and other people who will pour into them mm-hmm. and other people yeah. that they can call when they need, when they need something. And that's just a, again, a beautiful part of creating a community that we need yeah yeah and my son for his homecoming pictures was like picture with with my mom and okay picture with mom number two like come over here because my my friends there like mom two yeah oh that's so I love that he has that Mm -hmm. yeah so what do you think the most prevalent lies that our kids believe about friendships what what do you think those are a huge one is that popularity will will 
bring belonging. We'll fill that need for connection and belonging. And whether we're talking about social media, whether we're talking about in the classroom, those likes and comments or sitting at the right table, that's never going to equal connection and belonging. It's, it's actually trying to filter ourselves in order to be liked and accepted is, is never going to bring that feeling of belonging and connection. Mm, that's good. They're actually two that. completely, completely different things. And I think as adults, we even struggle with that. Like, well, if I can just be really, really liked, and then I'm going to feel awesome about myself. But the truth is, it's the people that you connect with in a real authentic way where you're truly yourself, that you find that belonging. Mm, sounds good. God, I don't know how to top that. <laughs> uh, I would say too, it's one that we've got to learn that we think that friendship is something happen and I kind of touched on this friendship is something that just magically happens to us and we mm-hmm. have to wait until it arrives on our front doorstep yeah uh, in fact friendship is a gift and you can go give it to other people you hold the power to go introduce yourself to someone you hold the power to invite somebody over you hold the power to make make it happen as well you don't have to just sit there and wait for an invitation for your own life yeah, go there. Give the gift of friendship. It is a gift. Give it to someone. Find someone who needs a friend, and 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 I don't know. Just and I I know I keep saying this, but give give them the gift of friendship and see what happens. But I think that's something that we've all kind of believed that it would just show up on our front porch magically mm-hmm. when it doesn't work like that. Yeah, or that if if someone wanted to be your friend, then they would invite you or they would pursue you. That's just not true. Like, there's a lot of people that would totally be your friend but they're also waiting for an invitation or somebody to per to pursue them yeah 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 that's a good one too I've tried to explain that to my daughter sometimes yeah that's a hard one Mm -hmm. to kind of like break free from for me it was one of the hardest probably because I just had it so set in my mind I'm like well they don't want to be my friend because they don't invite me to do things you know like but that's just not. And then the, when I got out of my comfort zone and started pursuing people, I was like, oh, they're like excited that I'm talking to them. And then I'm inviting them to do stuff. How bizarre. <laughs> like, yeah. like this, I just had to flip the script in my mind so completely. Yeah. 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 And they're probably waiting around for somebody to invite them to something. And it doesn't yes. even occur to and them most, that they could do the most inviting. People, most people are. That's yeah. what I've found. Most oh, people yes. are waiting for an invitation. There's just a few people that are the inviters mm-hmm. and they, they can't facilitate every friendship. So there's just a few, and then most people are waiting to be, are waiting to be invited in to a friendship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's so true. So how can we support our daughters when they're having friendship struggles? Cause I know you mentioned it. So it breaks our heart when we see things going on in their life. How can we support them and help them? I think, mostly through listening. That's the best tool that we have as moms. And I think it's so tempting to get in there and swoop, swoop in and just fix everything for them. And I don't, that's not always the answer either. You know, a lot of times the answer is you don't build the house for them. You give them the tools to do it themselves. And so you sit and you listen, you remind them of who they are. You give them advice on how to walk through it. And then you sit with them as they try to figure it out. And, mm-hmm. and as they have the tool, I think yeah. sitting 
just knowing that, knowing that one, you've been there too, is a big deal. You being vulnerable and Mm -hmm. not, don't have to present ourselves as these parents who are perfect. And now we are perfect and we have it figured out and we have always have it figured out. So you should also do this. I think being vulnerable and open, being like, yeah, being a human is, you know, sometimes it gets weird. Sometimes it gets weird. (laughs) It's tough. Humaning is uh, hard. (laughs) There, I've been there. Really helpful for your kids to see that, you know, you're a human too, and you feel they're not alone in their struggles and they're not alone in their feelings of insecurity or whatever it is they're going through. So a lot of listening, remind them you've been there too. And then just, you just, you just sit with them and you give them the tools that they need. Mm-hmm. That's good. I, is the best way. I, I hope my kids, I remind them all this time. I'm like, you know, you can always talk to me about anything. You can always come to me. I am a safe space and our, our kids need that. They need that safe space to talk yeah. things that we don't always have to fix it. That's not our job because they've got to learn they can do it themselves and they've mm-hmm. got to put their own way. It's just giving them the tools. Yeah. Yeah. I've learned that asking a lot of questions and then of course wow. saying, may I make a suggestion? <laughs> it's really helpful. Yeah. That yeah. advice or do you just want me to, mm-hmm. to listen? When yeah. is it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Here. Yeah. Before you go in with, okay, like the, you know, the recipe here is what you need to do. That's why did you know? Feeling left out in a room full of people is something that a lot of kids experience. I even experience this as an adult sometimes. So what advice Mm -hmm. do you have for that young girl who's feeling left out? Oh my goodness. I want a thing that Amy and I both talk about a lot is compliments. Walk up to somebody and give them a compliment. I like your shoes. I like your jacket. I like your face. No, just kidding. Maybe <laughs> not your face. But starting conversations with compliments. And then also a big one that I learned is to get really good at asking questions. Mm-hmm. Like I used to think that in order, like if I talk to them, I'm gonna be have to be so interesting and so cool. And I don't even know what I did today. Like my life is boring. I have nothing to say. You actually don't need to to go in all hot and be like, so I am really <laughs> important and I did this really cool thing today. People, it's a gift to give someone to be fascinated in them mm. and to be like, what, yeah. what do you like to do for fun? Where do you live? Just be curious. Mm-hmm. It's a lot easier to be curious than try and like think up a a whole script of the things you're going to tell them and what you're going to say, but just, and look for the outsiders, look for someone else that looks a little bit awkward mm-hmm. and then, and then go up to them and start a conversation. Yeah. I and just, it's good. normal. It's so normal. We all feel that way at one time or the other, every single one of us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sorry, and I, no, no, no. I, I know I can get, I kind of am half extroverted, half introverted. I can really <laughs> kind of swing both ways there. And in a room full of people, if I start to feel left out, I will that that I will get very introverted and I don't want to be there and I don't, it's just overwhelming. Mm-hmm. So what I like to do is instead of looking at, okay, there's this giant room full of people, try to break it down and go, hang on, there this giant room of people is <laughs> the birds are chirping today. It's lovely. <laughs> <laughs> But like break it down because yes, it is a room full of people. It is a room, a crowd, 
but they're made by individual people. So can I break it down and can I have a conversation with just one person? Because that feels a lot more comfortable mm-hmm. to me than looking yeah. fence instead of looking at the beach and seeing just like, like the beach look at it as like, these are individual grains of sand. This is something I can handle. I can have a conversation with mm-hmm. one person, get to know this one person. It feels a lot less daunting to me to just find one. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Those are both really great practical advice, tips and advice for sure. You know, I, I often, you know, I could be in a room full of people that I know so well and still feel like that I'm left out and that I don't belong. And so sometimes I have to challenge myself and say, is this feeling rooted in truth or am I just like having one of those days? And so, totally, because I could have one of those days very often and I can start to look around the room and look at the conversations I'm not involved with, but I love some of the things that you guys are talking about and the shifts that we can make, how we can see them differently. And even like actionable ways that we could step into conversations. That's great. Yeah. And I think it's good to know too, you don't have to have something amazing to say in every conversation. Some conversations aren't yours and you can just, it's fine to sit there. It's fine to let us carry the conversation. That's fine. If it's not your conversation, you don't have to add anything to it if there's nothing to be added. And that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. Silence isn't the worst. Silence isn't. Yeah. You know, we don't. I don't know. We don't have to insert ourselves into everything. So I think that's important too, is if you are feeling left out and it's because the conversation isn't something you're interested, that's fine. Yeah. That's fine. It'll change and pick up and you can, you can kind of throw yourself in there when it does. Yeah. Oh, that's a good one too. Maybe the conversation's not your flavor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> not your conversation. Totally. You can opt out. Not you just sit there. That's fine. Yeah. And that's okay. And then there's nothing wrong with you because you're yeah. not yes. particularly interested in that conversation or you, you don't have anything to contribute. It's okay. Yes. It's okay. Yeah, exactly. It goes back to really, and I, you know, I think we all believe that the secret of it all is to be liked. And mm-hmm. so, okay, well, I have to be likable. I have to be likable. I have to be funny and I have to be entertaining and I have to be wise and witty. Really, the the secret of friendship, what it all really boils down to it is not to be likable necessarily, but to like other people. And mm-hmm. I do that. That takes the pressure off of me. I don't have to have a funny story to tell. I don't have to have a tidbit of advice. I don't have to have something to add. I can just like other people and I can just see them as this wonderful, complicated, intricate, beautiful being that they are. And mm-hmm. I get to have a moment in time where I get to connect with them. And how cool is that? Yeah. And it, and it takes the pressure off of, off of me, you know? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, for sure. All right. One last question before we wrap up, how can we as parents create space for our children to develop true friendship? Cause I know it's difficult. It can be difficult at school and, and other places to connect and develop the relationships that they want. I, this is very practical, but I'm always just trying to cre- And I know Amy does this to create, create a, space in our home to have kids over and make them comfortable and feed them lots of food and, and be intentional about caring about their friends. Mm -hmm. It means a lot to our kids when we care about what they care about. So caring about their friends and just creating space, doing things that are inconvenient, driving my son and all his friends to, to the water park, like just doing things like that, that cultivate friendship outside of 
outside of school. It's honestly because it's such a priority in my life. It's very easy for me to prioritize it for my kids because it's one of the main things I just really want to foster in their lives is good friendship. But it's hard. Not, not every kid really wants to do that. I'm still working on one of my kids. Like, that's a cool guy, a kid. Do you want to invite him over? He's like, no, I don't. Thanks, mom. So it's like every kid is different, but. Yeah. 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 That's the big thing in parenting too, isn't it? Just loving them for li- for them exactly who they are. You don't have to be somebody different. You don't have to be like me. You don't have to be you. I love you as you. Mm-hmm. So I think there's like a fine line and I'm trying to walk it through with one of my kids of like loving them for them, but also seeing these areas where like, okay, I'm going to have to nudge you along in this one area. Um, and that's okay. Cause we all need to be, we all need to be nudged somewhere. We all need to be talked and just you know, how you do it, making sure they still feel accepted and loved and welcomed while you're gently pulling them along and trying to teach them. But I think another thing too, and this is another just practical advice. It's a really big deal for me to at least know the parents. If I find out, Hey, my kid mm-hmm. is this kid or hangs out with this kid and would like to come over. I'm going to try to make some kind of connection with the parent. That doesn't mean me and the parent are best friends. That doesn't mean that we hang out all the time. It means that they know my face and I know theirs and so there's it makes it easier yeah. you know my kids are younger my kids are younger so it's important to at least know the parent is important for me yeah and oh you know, hey your kids got a good safe place to go you can always count on me like I got I hope there are a lot of people who'd be like hey I need a favor I love when I get hey I need a favor can you can you take Johnny home from school today can he come over for the like god that's so nice when another parent knows they can count on you for that yeah oh yeah I think just trying to have at least the at least a thread of connection between you and the 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 kid's guardian is a big deal yeah yeah oh those are good good practical tips that's what we need because nobody's talking to us, right? <laughs> we that's what we try to do in this book is that we want to re- we want to share our stories let kids know that they're not alone. And then we really want to give practical tools mm-hmm. because I think that's missing a lot. Like, yeah. so here's something you can do today to help. And I, I that's, I mean, we all need that. Like, yeah. just tell me how, just yeah. tell me how yes. in a manageable bite-sized way. Don't just tell me like, oh, you, it's really good to have like a tribe of friends. Okay. What is that? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> like, but really manageable baby steps to take Mm -hmm. is is so important it was a really big deal in writing when we wrote I'll be there but I'll be wearing sweatpants that was a really big deal to me because I'd read every friendship book I had read so Mm -hmm. many I had tried so hard and I felt like all of them were like oh my gosh I have amazing friends look how great like I know Mm -hmm. I know it Right. I am trying to get there. That is what I'm trying to figure out. Stop writing it in my face. I get it. You have amazing friends. I get it. I'm supposed to find my people, but I don't know where they are. <laughs> where are. Please just tell me how. Yeah. So, yeah. so we did. I, you know, that was a big deal to me in this book. It's not to make anybody feel like that frustration of I get it. I get yes. it. Having friends yeah. is. Stop telling me that. Just yeah. tell me how to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A, a real quick story. 
when my daughter was in pre-K, we had moved to that we moved to a new community when I had my oldest. And when she was in pre-K, which is a part of our school system here, one mom said to me, because she didn't know anybody, she was so scared, she was so nervous. She's like, Oh, well, you just go through the, the class list and make play dates. And I just I took her so literally, and we went down the entire list. And that first year, my daughter had a play date with every single person in the class. And it kind of was like in my naivete, I was just like, okay. And I still I still have so many of those friendships from even the moms because I would reach out and be like, you want to come over? Like, and I would have like literal strangers over for lunch because they were, you know, they were too young to really like leave them on a play date. And one mom said to me like, wow, nobody's done this before. I'm like, what, invited you over? She's like, no, invited me over when they don't even know me. And it was just such a nice afternoon and a nice conversation, but it's almost like dating, right? Yeah. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Because there's my son, like I said, we move schools and it's a big deal to me to just know the other parents. So I, I want, there was a, and this, I'm not sure if this was the right move. It, It kind of was weird, but I was trying like a group of moms talking and I knew they all had kids in my son's classroom and I hadn't met them before. And I like tried to walk up and introduce myself and it was horrible. I mean, it was was a horrible experience. (laughs) Zero out of five stars because they all just stood there and they were like, okay. But I like walked away and I kind of laughed and I was like, you know what? They know who you are now. They know, yeah, yeah. know who they are, and that was weird. But oh well, they, they, they know you exist. They know your. <laughs> oh my gosh, that would be a great episode. Just they, like all the friendship failures. Yeah. Oh man. And I'm like, sometimes it is weird. I mean, sometimes it is weird, and sometimes it is hard. But man, I don't know. I I think life rewards the people who try. Hmm. Yeah. And I think, and sometimes like those most awkward first dates, like, wow, that person hated me. Those actually, they ended up being like really close friends because it was just their, their face. They looked like they hated me, but they didn't. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! You just never know. <laughs> yep. Oh. Well, I'm really looking forward to my listeners reading your book. This was such a pleasure to talk with you guys today. This is definitely a topic that I could talk about forever. So I know that all the information that you provided is going to be really useful and I'm I'm excited about it. Hope so. It's so a fun for having us. Made it a very fun interactive book. So I think girls will really love it and get a lot from it. You can find Amy and Jess at sisteriamwithyou.com. They're also on Instagram at sisteriamwithyou. I'll link to that where you can find their book and where you can find their personal Instagrams in the show notes. I hope you enjoyed the show. If so, I'd like to ask a favor. Can you head over to iTunes and leave us a review? Besides sharing this podcast with your friends, leaving a review is one of the most effective ways that you can support us and help get the word out about the incredible resources we have to offer. I'm passionate about helping families thrive and your reviews help families find us. And remember, family culture isn't about perfect. It's about purpose.